You're listening to episode 318 of the Major Issues Podcast, and on this episode, love is in the air as we tackle the new Scott Pilgrim adaptation, Scott Pilgrim Takes Off. The Major Issues Podcast starts right now! Hello everybody out there in comic book land, my name is George Serrano, aka The Don, and if you're listening to this, you can only be here for one reason, for the love. You're in the mood for the love, It's a, it, the love is in the air, and if you don't want to breathe it in, you should probably wear a mask, but you're also here for a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast, brought to you each and every week by ComicBookClick.com, and as always, I am never alone. Sir, if you could please introduce yourself. I'm Alex Garcia, a.k.a. B-Roke, but here for the vegan time. <laughs> that uh, V-Day, it stands for Vegan Day around these parts. Um, right. but, uh, <laughs> we are here today. I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually pretty excited. I'm bursting uh, at the seams here because five years ago, on this very podcast, on this very week, for Valentine's Day, we covered Scott Pilgrim versus the World, which is a film that has a very special place in my heart. It came out in 2010. It actually, uh, you know, didn't make much money when it initially came out. It was kind of panned. It has a who's who of actors of today, back then in 2010. Tremendous cast, stylistic action scenes, um, and I, I, I really dug it when I first initially watched it in 2010. In 2010, I was about 20 years old, so I was fully on board with Scott, his adventures, and how they portrayed that whole thing. Um, when I covered it five years ago, I, <laughs> I looked at the story a little bit differently. Uh, Scott came off to me as a little bit shallow and sometimes maybe even a coward. Um, I felt terribly for knives knives chow which we'll get into um and yeah i just felt like they could have wrapped things up a bit cleaner but when it comes to love sometimes it's not always the easiest thing to do so then i was told about scott pilgrim takes off and we decided to cover here here on the five-year anniversary of covering scott pilgrim to see if there would be noticeable differences because i wasn't quite sure what this show was going to be um but before i continue my verbal diarrhea what is your background with scott pilgrim versus the world whether it be in its many forms this thing had a live action film in 2010 based on actual comics uh, graphic novels drawn and written by brian lee o'malley um and then i believe there was even like a 8-bit video game or 16-bit video game that came out uh, based on that as well. But do you have a long history with Scott Pilgrim versus the world? And what did you think of the initial project? Uh, no, the the source material, I got into it in, at a, in back in like 2006, which is like right when the third volume was coming out. It was originally a, a six uh, volume uh, graphic novel series. These mm-hmm. tiny uh, manga-esque volumes that were you know you can tell brian leo malley has a a, a super tremendous uh influence from from anime and manga so he told his story in that in that kind of venue and right. i loved it i immediately loved it and the, th- the thing about it was that he only came out with i want to say one a year so oh, six wow. volumes over six years and once you you know for me it was like oh i get to read volumes one two and three 
And then it was like, oh, now I got to wait. And then you got to wait. And then you got to wait. And then you got to wait. And every, you didn't know what was going to happen. And for me, I loved it. Uh, the series was amazing. The way it starts, it starts off as this, like, it almost feels like, oh, it's just a quaint little love triangle story, blah, blah, blah. But then at the end of the first volume, you see, like, oh, there's way more to this than we expected. <laughs> you you yeah. get into crazy fighting combos and this world that apparently has 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 a level of mysticism and just craziness to it, you know portals that take you anywhere trans-dimensional highways people that can do marvelous capcom type combos on each other right right it, get, it gets it gets really really crazy and but at the center of it all it's, it's a love story and it's, it's a love story it's a coming of age story it's it's a self you know actualization and self-realization there's so many layers of depth to it that are also just hidden in the that love of nostalgia and the things that that we love from our childhoods, you know, whether it's seeing a, a one up or seeing, you know, you beat somebody and coins come coins. out of them. <laughs> yeah, that's so, that's so and, funny. And then hearing how quickly this thing was going to get picked up and turned into a movie was like, what? I can't wait. And then once you heard the names that were attached to this, the cast, like, if you say this cast now, it's mm -hmm. insane. It's insane. It's a billion it dollar film. Off yeah, of just yeah. paying them off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, you got forget the fact. I mean, the, the biggest name in this movie originally was Michael Sarah. You know, it's like, oh man, <laughs> isn't super that bad. crazy? Yeah, he's right. the high top billing in this film. Right. It's and Michael now Sarah. he's the dude making now he's the dude making lotion commercials that like right, most right. people don't re oh yeah, I think was that guy was in that show and oh yeah, he did super bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What Captain America's in this? Yeah. Captain Marvel's in this. Yep. Um, Aubrey Superman is in this. <laughs> Superman, Superman, Brandon, Brandon, Brandon Ralph. <laughs> it's crazy. Hey, hey, it's 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 um it's um Ray Palmer. So it's Ray Palmer. Okay. Oh yeah, we'll go Ray Palmer. <laughs> we can go Frank Castle. Frank Castle is in this as well. Uh, right. Uh, yeah, he, he shows up. He shows up. In. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One of the vegan police. Like this cast. Like on paper, you wouldn't be able to make this movie now. You just couldn't. You'd be like, what? You want to get who and who and who and who and who and who? What? Like uh, right. we can't afford this. Um, and so then, you know, yeah, then we got that, that, that great double dragon esque, you know, side scrolling beat him up out of, out of right. it. And now we fast forward to this and we get <clears throat> Scott program takes off. And I was really expecting them to just take the source material and animate it. And I Same. think we got a much better story out of it. A story that I'm still unpacking because it's so, it, to me, it's so much deeper now. Yeah, yeah, I can agree with that. As somebody who was a fan of the graphic novels, did the film impress you at all? The film? Yeah. Oh, I, I adored the film. I okay. adored the film. And I tried to sell it to as many people as possible <laughs> because um, I know you said it was panned, but it, it was actually well-received. Critics. Oh, I guess I guess what I meant was it but didn't it make bombed. money back. It, it yeah, bombed. It, it did bomb. Back. It bombed. Because like, they didn't know how to market it, and and people didn't know what they were watching. But it, it is definitely has a cult following now, which I believe is the whole reason it got this Netflix series. Oh, and yeah. I mean, the actors themselves recognize it as this amazing project. And I think that's why they all happily came back to do the voices of these characters, because they themselves, I mean, at that time, who was Chris Evans? Who was he? He was Human Torch, maybe? I think, not, right? not another maybe. team movie. You know, not, <laughs> not another team, team movie. movie. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, who was who was Aubrey Plaza? Uh, Aubrey Plaza. You know who was Mary Elizabeth Winstead? Who who are I these don't people? even know if Aubrey was in Parks yet. She might have no, just. No, she wasn't. No, she wasn't. Interesting. Was before Parks, this was before Parks. Um, I at the time I'm trying to even think what she might have been doing at the time. 
you know. Yeah, Anna, Kend- Kend- Anna, Anna Kendrick is in this, and this was before she did um the singing movies. Oh, Pitch uh, Perfect, Pitch Perfect, Pitch Perfect. Yeah, you know. So you you look at this cast, and it's just like wow. Oh, you know, you know who's the big one in this now? Kieran Culkin. Kieran Culkin's yeah, right. on su- yeah. Succession now. He's making millions of dollars. You know, won an Oscar, I believe, not too long ago. Um, and yeah, and in this, he's just Wallace. He's just the the gay roommate. Yeah, off the, the gay side. roommate who's barely in it. Yeah, got a couple lines or whatever. It's it's you it's know? quite funny to see the trajectory of some of these. I, uh, I haven't jumped on. I haven't jumped oh, on Jason the Succession Schwartzman. train. Jason Schwartzman, yeah, he's huge, right? He's done a, a whole bunch of Wes Anderson films. Um, yep. literally was just in Asteroid City, which I saw not too long ago. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's bonkers to see how uh, where everyone went uh, past here. And like you were saying, I I this came out in November. It came out on November seventeenth, uh, and we're covering it damn near three months later because of what you said. I was like, okay, if it's just an adaptation of the story that I know with some slight tweaks, I could wait on it. I'll check it out at my own leisure and we'll see what the situation is. Um, after doing so, like you said, I think that this is such such of a more mature look at this story. And I would argue that it leaves the characters in a much better and healthier place at the end of this than it did at the end of the film, which I guess is an adaptation at the end of the book. <laughs> um, but yeah, after watching this, I first when I started watching this, the end, the um manga anime um video game inspirations made me smile uh the fact that this is seemingly dubbed in english is pretty it's pretty uh, pretty cool stylistic choice um <laughs> they do all the anime overreacting right that that's like that's a, a mm-hmm. staple of anime they do all the action scene stuff this is like shonen jump but like if all that were to land on the lap of a random 20 year old in canada and it it does very very well and the movie even though like i said i might have had some issues with how scott handled things it holds a very very special place in my heart last year or not last year in 2020 was the 10-year anniversary of um the film and i think they re-released it and that's when rumbling started to come together that they were going to try to do something in the future and then boom we get this um, so to tell the people straight up, Scott Pilgrim Takes Off is an anime streaming television series developed by Brian Lee O'Malley and Ben David Grabinski for Netflix. The series is based on Scott Pilgrim graphic novels written and drawn by O'Malley with the entire main cast from the 2010 film adaptation, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, reprising their roles for the English voice cast. Unlike the film, which is largely faithful which is a largely faithful adaptation of the comics, takes off features a different plot wherein the titular Scott Pilgrim disappears in the first episode. The remainder of the series follows his love interest, Ramona Flowers, as she tries to find out who was responsible for his disappearance, also while uh, other characters within the story work on a fictional adaptation of Scott's life. Um, in, in a world where we're constantly going through multiverse stuff, this was very funny. I mean, the idea that in this universe of the television show, um, they're actively making a film about Scott's life as, you know, what would happen if he were to beat the first evil X, which is basically the story of the film that we saw. So I thought that that was very well done. But um, yeah, one of my favorite gags that we see in this TV show, we're talking about video game adaptations and video game um, sort of tropes. But at one point, Lucas Lee goes to pee and there's a pee meter. Like you actually see his yeah. pee meter go down <laughs> as he goes to be. And it just made me think, 
Could you imagine if we had visible energy bars above our heads that showed us how much <laughs> energy we truly had at any given moment? Like that would be absolutely bonkers. I think we treat each other a bit kinder, to be honest. Um, I was going to say, yeah, I, it would. It would be I, tremendously I, helpful in dealing with people. Yeah. Yes. And if I had one like last year, like majority of 2023, it's 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 on E. It's on. I need reserves. I need to break open some clay pots and get some energy. Um, yeah. Right. But, yeah, yeah. You don't mind if I just break your ceramics, right? I'm looking for no, 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 no. <laughs> you got none here. I'm, I'm taking it off. Right? Yeah, it, rupees. It's bonkers. I don't need... It's bonkers. Uh, between content creation, podcasting, and the whole social media stuff, it's out downright exhausting. Thankfully, I got a little pick me up. I got a little one up from our friends over at Magic Mind. You see, as I said before, I used to be a huge coffee drinker ever since my days back in the old military. Back then, I thought a cup of joe was the only thing that could keep me focused and help me stay on task. And I just dealt with the negative side effects like anxiety and restlessness because I thought I had to. I was always irritable and jittery, and that is a feeling no one wants to have, especially when you're trying to make stuff. (laughs) It's absolutely terrible. Uh, But ever since trying Magic Mind, this little green shot uh, made of the finest ingredients i've seen the benefits of cutting down on my coffee intake and now instead of resorting to i don't know 12 cups of coffee to stay energized i just take a small shot each morning alongside my first cup of coffee and i'm ready for the rest of the day thanks to the mood boosting adaptogens i feel significantly better in the mornings and their relaxing effects contribute to my overall happiness throughout the day i am usually the worst person in the morning bro absolute garbage today because I got my new shipment of Magic Mind in. Today, I woke up at a reasonable time and I was just awake. There was no coming out of quicksand, crawling out, trying to you know put myself together so I can get to work on time. I was already at 100 and it's a great feeling to have. Um, so yeah, I looked into it. It's got ingredients like ashwagandha, which really help regulate my stress levels. And I find I'm sleeping better, which again, helps me lead to starting each day at 100%. And I know you guys want to go ahead and try to get that energy back, especially if you are doing the kind of content creating that we're doing over here, or if you're trying to watch, listen to, and read all the greatest stories to come to comic books and comic book media, you're going to need your energy. So if you've got a lot on your plate like I do and need a daily shot of productivity to reach your goals, you got to check them out over at magicmind.com. But guess what? Go to magicmind.com slash J-A-N major issues and you can snag a sweet deal. Join the thousands that are already seeing the benefits of Magic Mind and go ahead, like I said, go to magicmind.com slash J-A-N major issues. That's magicmind.com slash J-A-N major issues for an exclusive discount, a sweet deal using our exclusive link. The guys over there are doing some great stuff. They recognize that we're doing some great stuff over here. So this collaboration, I'm telling you, man, it's like Scott Program and Ramona Flowers. It was just kind of sort of meant to be. So go ahead and check those guys out over there at magicmind.com slash J-A-N major issues. Those links will be in the show's description and snag yourself some deals and snag yourself some magic mind the longer you take this stuff the more you feel its effects and i'm telling you it's one of the best things going so go ahead and check all that stuff out and remember that a mind magic or not is a terrible thing to waste but if you're ready we can get into our recap and review 
Uh, Scott, hold on, hold on. I'm, taking, I'm taking, I'm taking my magic mind, baby. I'm taking my <laughs> magic mind. I'm trying to get myself ready for this because this, this was a mind altering experience. So magic mind is going to help me out through to get through this because between having to revisit those six volumes and that movie and now <laughs> going through this series, which like you, I, I, I kind of took my time with getting into it, even watched the first episode and was kind of like, hey, I'll get back to it when I can. But then once I got into the second and third and fourth and then I went back and even rewatched, I think, like the last three episodes. This series yeah. is deep. This series is deep. Tremendously. I actually, I really like its just plain old anime opener with, uh, I forget how to pronounce their names. The people who do the theme song for Scott Pilgrim Takes Off. Let Ooh. me find out. It's... Oh, it says it's Bloom by Nikrai Talkie. I actually thought it was Puffy Amiyumi, like the people who do uh, Teen Titans. But Teen Titans? No, I, I, they, they didn't sound like them to me. No, but I like, but, the, like the straight up anime opener of just like him walking in a coat. And they just have right. all the names and stuff. And uh, they show the evil Lexus like villains. Like I was already so in love with the style, the style of this. Um, we take in a lot of media as part of Comic Book Click, and a lot of this stuff can feel samey. And so, when you just get something that feels, tastes, looks a little bit different, it is sometimes super refreshing. So, super cool uh, to kind of, you know, get into it. And again, it just that style just elevates Brian Lee O'Malley's original artwork. So, to watch that original artwork that I've read come to life with the voices that I remember <laughs> from the live action. <laughs> My brain just did a weird thing of like, oh, no, it's the same thing. You know, like it just connected yeah, right? all the versions of Scott Pilgrim. But let's get into this recap and review. The beginning is basically the uh, event of Scott Pilgrim versus the world, where Scott Pilgrim, the jobless basis for the Toronto band Sex Bomb Mom, I can never say that, <laughs> is romantically involved with Knives Child. A four, a seventeen-year-old, a seventeen-year-old high school student. Where did you ever sit on this? This film uh, waffles back and forth about whether or not Scott should be with this younger girl. Did you have strong opinions either way? Honestly, I grew up. I felt like I grew up in a, in a time when this was common. Like I knew so yeah. many dudes when I was in my early twenties who were dating girls who were sixteen, seventeen years old. I right. personally would never do it. It, it, it never, but. I, with with Scott, it made sense because he's so <laughs> immature. So I was right. just like, of course you date a, a, a younger girl like this who just looks at you with, like with these fawn eyes and just you know swoons over you. So I, it, it fits his character. He's he's not like thirty. I mean, how Scott? No, was, no, no, he's no, supposed no. He's early twenties. Twenty one, twenty two. He's seventeen. Probably going to be eighteen. Honestly, right. I never looked at it like, oh my god, it's he's he's this awful person for it, you know. If she was like, 15, I think it was the yeah. word high schooler, right? It's just saying that he's right, right. High, schooler. high schooler that makes it yeah, sound exactly. that makes it sound yeah. a bit more treacherous. Yeah. And and I and like you said, it is kind of plainly shown that majority of his attraction to her is one, her attraction to him, <laughs> and two, right. her outward just the stars in her literally quite literally the stars in her eyes when she sees him or anything that he does she thinks sex by mom is the coolest thing of all time meanwhile the entire band think they suck they suck so it, it just shows you you know perspectives um so 
While attending a, par a party, Scott encounters Ramona Flowers, a girl who has been a recurring presence in his dreams. Um, what I love about this is in the original film, his icebreaker was Pac-Man, right? Yeah, <laughs> Paku Paku. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Pac-Man. <laughs> and in this, it's, I want to say Sonic. He talks about like two different Sonic cartoons, one being dark, one being fun with chili dogs, and but the yes. guy voice both of them or whatever. I yeah. love that it's just another weird, very nerdy piece of trivia from Scott that tries to open this door. Hey, he's got that riz with it. He's got that riz with it, baby. I got it, man. I gotta start taking notes. I never bring up Sonic or Chili Dogs in the first <laughs> no. conversation. Maybe that's what I no. gotta be doing. Um yeah, but he sees this girl, and she's been a recurring presence in his dreams. So intrigued, he discovers that Ramona works as a courier for Netflix. You want to talk about, like, ancient jobs, right? A courier right. for Netflix. People are like, what, what is she bringing? Right. <laughs> <The> internet? <laughs> she's she's trying to sell code. subscriptions door to door? <laughs> right. But no, this is back when Netflix used to deliver DVDs. Um, Which they only so. just recently stopped. I heard, yeah, yeah. I, th I think it's I think it's only been like a year now, maybe that they stopped. Golly, some dude in Alaska was still getting his Game of Thrones on DVDs. Yeah, there. yeah, definitely, right. Uh, What's gonna so, happen to yeah. Khaleesi? <laughs> <laughs> he sets his plot. He, he puts an order in for some DVDs, most possibly the last season of Game of Thrones, and then um, he asks her out when she brings the DVDs to him. Uh, despite their initial lack of awareness, Gideon Graves, the leader of the League of Evil Exes, Ramona's former partners, secretly monitors their interactions. To pursue a relationship with Ramona, Scott must defeat each member of the League. Gideon dispatches the lowest ranked member, Matthew Patel, to eliminate Scott during a sex bomb on performance. The confrontation unfolds at the start of the show, with Matthew interrupting and swiftly overpowering Scott in their battle. With Scott seemingly defeated and destroyed our story takes its first detour from the source material bum, bum, you think? Bum. i was i was like whoa we're, we're getting something really different here like what is this like it, it even made me for a second go wait am i remembering the, the, <laughs> the, the yeah right the graphic novels <laughs> differently like right. i'm pretty sure he beats the snot out of matthew patel and we barely know who matthew patel is he literally yeah. shows up for like six pages at the end of the first one and he eliminates them rather quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, but yet here, yeah, it's what what you're eliminating Scott Pilgrim. I guess this is what they mean by takes off because he's gone now. And for how long will he be gone? So yeah, I was I was kind of like, okay, this made me feel like okay, I, I can take time away from this, and I didn't go yeah. back to it immediately. But once I did get back into it, I see how. The story just goes a whole different way, but it's it was a, a fantastic watch. Here's a little thing um, about my viewing experience of this, right? So when I finished this first episode and started getting into it, one of the things that I realized I never knew I wanted was a bit more fleshed out um, the exes. Because mm -hmm. when you're younger, every ex of your partner is literally a villain. They're just a black and white, right? They're opposition. They're antagonists. They're antagonists, they're antagonists they're to your they're, story. Right. Not people. No, no. They were never born. They literally just existed in this in this issue, mm. in this problem. And you kind of want to get rid of them. Yeah, um, imagine them all wearing Doctor Doom garb, you know? It's, it's just, <laughs> right, right. How else uh, are they supposed Council to look? of Dooms. <laughs> Council of Dooms. That's right. But but this actually shows how people fall in and out. You know, why why 
they fall in and out. Why, um, you know, uh, the stars can be crossed and then uncrossed. Um, we got to see a lot of vulnerability from these guys. It's funny because as I'm, as I, I was, I was having this feeling, and I'll say this is jumping ahead a little bit. But as I was having this feeling, I'm like, you know, who never got really like they're all getting fleshed out. The evil exes, in my opinion, in a way that they never did. But you, I was like, you know, who got it the worst in the movies in my opinion was the twins so they're definitely gonna flesh out the no <laughs> no they still twins, they, got they still don't nothing. get it i was like what's going on twins they, ain't got they got, nothing, they, got they get man. they get they get more out of the robot right right <laughs> the robot gets its own art he gets to go to the future the whole thing um what did you think of the premise of the evil x's in general is that you know like did you think it was kind of tropey did you think it was kind of like the the raid <laughs> Or you know, like one of the turn, what is the tournament of strength, or whatever? No, I mean, of course, I I dug it, you know, because it made me feel exactly how you said, it. like, oh yeah, I would love to go back and be able to have, like, you, you get you get you get that guy mentality. I could I could peek the crap out of out of my uh, girlfriend's exes. Like it was it was fun to watch and fun to see how crafty Scott could be because you know he had to defeat each one of them differently. Not they yeah. weren't all just fist fights, and he had to you know get crafty with how he faced them. But then I really, like you said, I really liked how they how they fleshed out all the all the characters in this, and it became not so much about her being the damsel in distress. It became about her confronting her past and learning right. more about herself. And speaking of fleshing characters out, fleshing Ramona out, right? You know, because that's in the in the source material, you don't really get to flesh her out until like the fifth volume. Up until that point, she's She's like the cool girl who's the damsel in distress. She can't take care of herself, but you don't really get to know why and her whole background with this. Whereas now that she has to now save herself in all the situations or not just she's saving herself. She's, she's, you know, traversing her past as well as trying to figure out what happened to Scott and she's, and you're confronting it, you know, which is something I, I think I, now as a, a 40 plus year old man, you you find you you discover about yourself like yeah man you really you really got to go back and just look at things you know it's not always it's just it's not as easy as just punching it and being like all right on to the next battle it's sometimes you got to sit down with it have a cup of coffee have a have a magic have a magic mind yeah you know and sit, not, get get folk. i agree with you 100 percent. as a 20 year old i didn't need depth for ramona she was a trophy she was a trophy she was the princess in the castle for my main right. character to go and and win no one ever asked peach if after she was saved she wants to go with the guy who saved her right <laughs> maybe she just wanted to get oh. saved so like, it was i kind got of a i got a like business that. to go back and run like i can't <laughs> right, right. I'm not, i don't like italian plumbers yeah that's why i like peach in the in the <laughs> that very terrible 90s movie <laughs> Cause she's all like, I got things to do. We better go, yeah. you know, Dino Hatton. We got things to do. Deuces. <laughs> but in this, um, like you said, and I think it becomes out of it. I think it starts out of guilt, but then it ends up becoming full introspection. Is this idea that you know? I mean, who knows what would happen if Scott like beat Matthew? I mean, we kind of do know because of the film. But I'm saying that because Scott seemingly died, it puts Ramona on a path because she blames herself and thus if there is an entire league of evil exes that is intent on stopping her from being happy and and seemingly intent on physical violence towards anyone trying to get with her the only person that can really defeat the evil exes is ramona 
because she created the evil exes. It, it's kind of weird that we kind of let Scott just beat them. You know what I'm saying? Like just match their yeah. emotion with punches, kills them all, and then and then he gets Ramon at the end. Um, like I said, I feel like this. I feel like O'Malley grew with this series. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think I wouldn't call anything he did previously a mistake. I think this is an evolution, yeah. if anything. You know, um. So this is this is I love this part, right? So despite Matthew's victory over Scott, Ramona rejects him, holding herself responsible for Scott's demise. This contradicts the league's rule, which promises the victor the right to date Ramona. But there is no, no rule, she, like you said, like you said, there's, <laughs> she has no say in this. She's the princess right. in the castle. Like, wait, we we said if whoever wins gets you, you're supposed yeah. to come along. That's part Matthew's of the program. Matthew's at the table like Matthew's at the table like she said no. What do you mean? She said and they all yeah, bug no. out. They're like, what are you talking like, about? And again, what? again, my my wheels are turning. I'm like, oh yeah, she doesn't have to. Like what? This is not a win loss situation where if Matthew did beat him in the first movie, she'd be like, all right, Matthew, it's time to date now. You know, Th- that's not how these things are done. So I thought that that was very well put that they just put it plainly. Like, okay, I beat Scott. Well, I don't care. That's not you know right, like. Right. This She's supposed to say, as you've seen in the office, she's supposed to say, I respect the results of this duel. That's what that's the words you have to say <laughs> before anyone gets bobbing. Um recognizing this inconsistency, Math Matthews gather Matthew gathers the six other league members for a meeting in New York. Gideon takes the opportunity to disclose the league's true purpose his desire to monopolize Ramona's affections. Unhappy with Gideon's deceit, Matthew challenges him for leadership of the league and, after a prolonged battle, emerges as victor. This compels Gideon to relinquish control of his vast media conglomerate. Were you picking a side here? Matthew, Gideon Graves, boom, boom, boom. For, for the, I, for I the wasn't, I wasn't, <laughs> but, right? <laughs> I could hear you got the touch. Um, no, I was in, 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 in the midst of it. I was in my mind exploring like, okay, well, if Gideon wins, we get the, we kind of get the same old story, but if mm-hmm. Matthew wins, like the lowest what's level, gonna happen? literally the guy what's that gets, is gone in six pages, a guy, the guy who's gone in six pages is now ruling, you know, the, the Gideon Graves empire. And honestly, I thought, okay, they, they, I thought they were just teasing us with the the chance that he was going to win. Yeah. And then he actually wins. Right. And legit, I love the fact that he's hanging off the building. He's like, yeah, sign here. Sign here. You lost. <laughs> yeah, sign yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Get out of here. You're done. And it was, it was like, okay, now we're, we're getting a completely different story, which I, I, like I said, I dug. And I, like you said, now instead of getting this, this character for all of six pages, now it's like, well, what is this guy going to do? What is what? Yeah. Where is this story gonna go now? You know, you 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 said something pretty interesting there that I it didn't even click to click with me until you said it. But we all know, and as you watch the film, you end up learning that Gideon Graves is the big bad of the film. He is literally the anime glasses, you know, <laughs> villain in the background watching everything on the multiple screens. Like this is he is almost a cartoonish villain here in this. In episode one, our protagonist disappears. In episode two, our seemingly big bad disappears. We now not, no longer have the protagonist from the film, nor the big bad of the film. Later, and who ends up being the big bad is quite surprising. Um, but we get a mystery in between there, which I really, really liked. So 
Uh, meanwhile, amidst the disruptions at Scott's funeral, courtesy of his girl, ex-girlfriend, Envy Adams, who just does a whole concert at the funeral for no reason. <laughs> it is a, like, she has backup dances. And no one, no one even complains about it. Everyone's no, just like, so oh, Envy Adams. Oh. They're so happy. I'm glad Brie got on, you know, Brie Larson. That performance, I, I that thing is burned in my mind. I love that song. Um, so... Ramona starts to hear Scott's voice in her dreams. This revelation leads her to believe that boom, 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 Scott may still be alive. I mean, I didn't really think it was dead, but I'm glad that they figured. Oh out no, heck alive. no, 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 no. I mean, <laughs> you knew he was gonna come back, or not, not even come back. You knew it was gonna be something along the lines of what happens in the story, where it's like, okay, he didn't really get defeated. Especially, I mean, because even even in the source material, he he when he does get defeated, he goes to the highway or right? Lim- limbo or something and he comes back because he, earlier in the story he'd, he'd acquired an extra life so you knew right, it was right, right. something something to the to that degree that that's what was gonna go on with him you know i really liked that they brought back i mean they brought back everybody but i really liked that they brought back let me find this actor's name i just had it too which one um johnny simmons uh young neil <laughs> yeah I mean, they brought back everybody, man. <laughs> everybody. Yeah. But even Young Neil had a bigger. Even Young Neil had a bigger. Oh yeah, yeah. He wrote a movie. It's so good. So uh, Neil Nordegraf, commonly known as Young Neil, and the roommate of Sex Bomb Mom's vocalist Stephen Stills, attempts to write a screenplay following Scott's demise, as it's shown him how fragile life can really be. However, his efforts pro- prove unfruitful, as he spends all night trying but writes nothing. One night, Neil witnesses a mysterious figure using his computer and discovers a completed script credited to him the next morning. Intrigued by this development, Ramona delves into security footage from the night of Scott's death. She uncovers that he was pulled into a portal before Matthew Patel struck him. Julie Powers, Stephen's ex-girlfriend, directs Ramona to Kim Pine, Sex by Mom's drummer and Scott's ex-girlfriend as a potential suspect. However, Ramona eliminates Kim from suspicion when she expresses admiration for Ramona's pursuit of Scott. The plot thickens as Ramona is unexpectedly attacked by Roxy Richter, one of the evil exes. Amidst their confrontation, Ramona offers an apology for the callous breakup, leading to a reconciliation between them. Again, like this moment happens and she's like, I'm sorry. And it just changes the whole foundation of everything. You know, she just straight up, you know, is vulnerable and admits her faults and everything. And they... Um, I like how, like, she initially, I think, uh, Roxy bursts into the room, and somebody's like, who is that? And she goes, oh, yeah, she used to be my roommate. And immediately, Roxy's like, nah, we used to be more. Like, don't, don't, don't try to, don't try to pay this off. <laughs> so I like that she was like, you know, and then Roxy seemed genuinely accepting of her apology. Um, I guess it's, yeah. uh, this, like, some people I believe might actually factually be born evil but i do think that people can be swayed if offered mercy if offered grace uh if offered humility in in moments like this so we're actually seeing her turn people in this instance and um roxy was one of them and well, no, I mean, separate- not just that i i, I love the, the fight the fight sequence by the way that her their oh, yeah. fight sequence was great the fight the way the, the way they went into the to the videos and yeah, the way all those, those fights broke down, like some of the okay, stuff they were at the video was, store. Yeah. yeah, they were at the video yeah. store. Yes, they, yes, you yes. know, and you know, even at at some points in the fight, the um, I believe it was why is her name 
Kim Pines is oh, yes. rewinding and fast forwarding throughout the fight to help right. Ramona get the edge. Yeah, you know, and, the X, and the X is like, no fair, like no way, you know. So it's I thought that was that was really really well done the way they did this. Yeah, and then it also is like you said, sometimes an evil X is an evil X because maybe they didn't get closure. And as you mm-hmm. and as you they're going through this and they're they're having the talks about this. You find out, oh yeah, you just left her one day. <laughs> yeah. That kind of leaves that kind of leaves a person pissed off. You know, a person right. just wants closure. Sometimes that's it, like an explanation. Like admit that what you did was screwed up. Yeah. And it's hard to. It's hard to a lot of these ways. I mean, um, I love that even Scott comes to that conclusion at the end when he's talking to Nice, right? Like this was something that he could have just admitted, but it's hard to. There's a lot of ego involved in all this stuff. And so uh, you want to protect your heart by being, you know, a little bit deceptive by not apologizing sometimes, I guess. Um, In a separate development, Gideon, feeling despondent, approaches Julie, revealing his true identity as her old classmate, Gordon Goose. Surprisingly, Julie warmly welcomes him into the fold. What do you think about Gordon? What do you think about this this reveal? (laughs) I mean, it's talk talk about just a fall from grace for this character. I mean, up until this point, you've never seen this part of this character. I don't even think this was really fleshed out in the the manga the, the graphic novels so no. to see this character go from being you know like you said that that classic anime villain with the glasses and that perfect sheen and everything about it is perfect he's rich he's powerful he's he knows all these fighting skills and that was just outside of of all characters um i believe julie powers is her name julie powers house yes this 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 just <laughs> this incarnate version of uh of Aubrey plaza who's just constantly cussing throughout throughout uh everything she does he just like, yeah. oh, look at this, look at this vulnerable person. Oh, he himself is also really just one of these saddened exes. This just um jaded person who went through his own stuff and now he just lost his entire empire. He's no longer head of the the League of Evil Exes. Right. And now he's just another Canadian. Mm. <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, uh, and and like you were saying, like, you know, you don't realize what it is until you compare it. But he was kind of black and white in the film and in the graphic novel. You know, all of it's from Ramona's perspective. So he was evil. He was manipulative. All this other kind of stuff. And we're just led to believe he's a mustache twirling villain. But now we realize, like everybody else, he has a tragic backstory. There's a reason why he went in this direction and stuff. Um, Ramona pays a visit to Lucas Lee, played by Chris Evans, the evil ex and renowned actor, to inquire about his involvement in the mysterious portal. To her surprise, she discovers that Lucas has landed the lead role in a film adaptation of Neil's screenplay, Scott Pilgrim's Precious Little Life, speculating on what might have occurred if Scott had triumphed over Matthew. Notably, Scott w- Scott's roommate, Wallace Wells, is cast as himself in the movie. What do you think about this mini-movie inside the show? I talk about meta, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. wait, wait, wait. I, I, I'm I'm watching a show that's a completely different universe that inside acknowledges the potential that could have <laughs> happened had things right. gone the way that I know. Yeah. How dare you tease me like this? <laughs> but it was it's hilarious. You, you got Neil doing the screenplay, but did you see who was directing it? Yeah, uh, Edgar Wrong. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, which I love because so just, for those who don't know, Edgar Wright is the actual director of the movie. Right. And right. so, the you know, just a little inside joke of making him Edgar Wrong is, is it was so just good. like a brilliant, brilliant little little taste. 
Yeah. And it's like that. These are dudes playing dudes playing other dudes. In this yeah, oh my god! Yeah, definitely, definitely. And of course, the fact that like the um, uh, envy gets casted to be Ramona, and then right. Ramona becomes her her stunt double. Stunt double. Yeah, yeah. It's oh, we're crazy. gonna get into the Todd of it all too, because we find out a lot about oh Todd. My god, you know, on this, on this, he finds set. out a lot about himself. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, as Lucas and Ramona delve into discussions, their relationship becomes fodder for the paparazzi when it's revealed that Lucas is dating the actress portraying Knives in the film. A relentless battle ensues, wearing down Lucas, but ultimately leading to a reconciliation between him and Ramona. She orchestrates his discreet exit from the studio. During this, Lucas, now free from his agent, confirms to Ramona that he played no part in the portal incident. The plot thickens as the next evil ex, Todd Ingram, Envy's superpowered vegan boyfriend and bandmate, unexpectedly arrives through a portal to audition for Scott. Ramona becomes increasingly suspicious, adding another layer of intrigue to the unfolding events. Boom, boom, boom. I like Lucas Lee drawn how he is in the graphic novel, but voiced by Chris Evans. That works for me a lot. And I like that. Whatever. That stupid song yeah. that they play in the beginning. <laughs> I forgot about that song. I used to hear it in commercials all the time. Um, but I love that they I they also put a lot of you know diegetic music in this, which was cool. Like I think at the end, um, they're playing God Only Knows How I Feel About You by the Beach Boys or whatever. <laughs> but they're playing it yeah. like instrumental or whatever. And I'm like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. I think I know that song. Yeah. So I, yeah. I like all the additions as well. Yeah, no, because I mean, you got to remember, this is supposed to be taking place still like in the early 2000s. So I like that yeah. they got a lot of older music. They didn't just fall, they didn't just give in and give some new music. They even playing some early 2000s, like Vampire Weekend at, yeah, at yeah, some yeah, points yeah, yeah. in this. I was like, oh, wow, like it's just taking me back and making me realize how old I am. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think there was any, anyone under 20 in the in the voice booth for this. I don't think no. Probably they all not. would have been twenty when Probably. they when started, and it's been about you know, fifteen years. Yeah, right. Yeah, no. Oh, so gosh. it's what a what a good time. What a good time. But yeah, no. Seeing seeing Lucas Lee, like just not giving a damn, and the way he just handles everything. Like once once the whole idea of Ramona's out of the picture, and how little he just understands and cares. <laughs> right. And, and he and hearing that Chris Evans voice. This voice who, for the last, what, 15 some odd years, we've heard as the voice of reason, the voice of Captain America, the voice speeches, of- Speeches, bro. Of, Those speeches. The speeches, yeah, man. And going back <laughs> and hearing him be this just idiot, it's yeah, just like, whatever. wow. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Like, whatever. What? Uh, yeah. What do I, I'm just going to skateboard now. Whatever. You know? Right. Oh, I, I, I'm leaving this movie. Who cares? I can't remember whatever. if it was this episode or the other one, but when he finds out how one of the- Oh, no, it was in this episode. He's like, because in the movie- they're like they have him that Scott grind like makes him grind himself to death on the skateboard. I'd never do that. <laughs> or whatever. I'd never do that. It's just like yes, you would, you idiot. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen it in three different other mediums, bro. You definitely yeah. do it. You definitely do it. You're an idiot. You know, so and he good. definitely just comes across that way big time. He's just like, okay, you're you're still in that character. This is great. Yeah. You know. So I, I think it was in the first episode that they. Uh, either bought or or rented a Lucas Lee movie <laughs> um, that was on the on the Netflix, I guess Netflix Canada or whatever. So you know he's he's pretty he's pretty big and up there. Same thing as Envy. Speaking of which, in an unexpected twist, Ramona finds herself cast as Envy's stunt double with Wallace seizing the opportunity to seduce Todd. 
what did you think of this Todd and Wallace stuff? This came out of left field. I like that it gave Wallace more stuff to do. It gave mm-hmm. Todd more stuff to do. If you watch the film, what does Todd do? He shows up with Envy. They play the band song. They go to the back. Uh, and then the vegan stuff. They have the vegan conversation. He finds out that what is milk isn't vegan or something? Milk's not vegan? <laughs> Chicken parmesan's not vegan? Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. And then the vegan police come and take him away. So it's not like Todd had a huge overarching uh, narrative in that film. What do you think about this story here? I thought it was great. I mean, because they go through, what, like 50 takes on them just trying to walk in yeah. and just walk into the venue. And then finally, Wallace realizes, look, everybody's going crazy. So here's my opportunity to just sneak in and pitch something completely different that'll get me some attention. And I'm Wallace Wells. I'm going to do something crazy. So that, then when he turns it into, oh, now he's got to kiss me in this scene. And the and the director yeah. is just like, oh, that's that's brilliant. That's brilliant. <laughs> let's work and with it. it. We got let's something work here. with it. <laughs> and, and, um, he just and then he falls in love with Wallace. Yeah, it, I mean, it's a pretty pretty bold uh, animation as well. Watching that trailer rock back and forth. It was oh always, yeah, hey, you want to go run lines in the trailer? Hey, you want to go some run some lines in the trailer? It's just, I felt like I was watching Benny Hill. I felt like a kid again. Like, oh my god, a sexy party! Right, 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 right. Like, what the heck, man? Like, talk about just going nuts in this show. Like, things that just this is not. This is not my precious uh, little life. This is definitely yeah. Scott takes off. I think it's bonkers because, you know, he he ultimately, I think at one point, just opens himself up to envy. And it's like, no, yeah, I really like Wallace. Like, I really, like, that's who I want to be with kind of stuff. Um, and you can tell that that kind of admission, that kind of confession is not something that he's used to doing. I think he had a tattoo of Wallace. I don't know if that's just an anime thing or whatever. He had some tattoo on his chest. Yes, yes, on his stomach or something. like. Yeah, 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 yeah for yeah. Wallace. So uh, Envy ends up orchestrating a situation where he, she causes a confrontation between Ramona and Wallace's stunt doubles. Uh, in the midst of that skirmish, Wallace reveals to Todd that their relationship was merely a fling and he holds no emotional significance. Um, to him, that was a bit heartbreaking for Todd. It was kind of hard to see Todd find out. I mean, but I knew what it was. I knew obviously on paper, you know, like they they don't seem to share many other things but that trailer when they want to. <laughs> so I don't. I didn't assume that they had many things to talk about. But I also don't think they're doing much talking in that trailer. <laughs> um, not at all. <laughs> no, no. Uh, so with this revelation that he's not that wallace doesn't love him the same way that todd loves wallace he ends up losing his superpowers and just breaks the vegan code he just starts eating things that are not vegan on purpose just over it this is literally the trope of the girl with the pint of ice cream in her pajamas kind of stuff like he just eats whatever the hell he wants i think at one point he said he had three cheese platters for breakfast lunch and dinner (laughs) he says later on in the movie theater scene so yeah my boy todd man I can't remember if he ever gets a happy ending past this. No, right? No, no. I think his happy ending is just like, oh, I don't got, I don't got to be vegan. I got to be vegan. <laughs> is that, I don't, is I that don't... your very version of happy ever after? Be broke. I guess. <laughs> just eat some meat. <laughs> eat meat, Mumbi. Did you see how he goes to town on that popcorn, man? Yeah, he does. He does. <laughs> and like he, he so He's doesn't so care. Like I mean, Scott shows up at one point, punches the popcorn out of his hands. He doesn't even care. He's like. Ramona, 
Get away. Scott, <laughs> right, right. I don't care. I got to go get me another tub of popcorn. I'm out. 100%. You know? Yeah. He, he's moved on. Uh, and yeah, we've always kind of known his relationship with Envy was a bit, you know, kind of paper thin. So it makes sense that he could he would find himself by being alone. Um, amid the chaos, Envy and Ramona attempt to reason with Todd, but he remains despondent. Envy takes matters into her own hands by showing them footage that proves Todd is innocent of the portal incident. Uh, convinced of Todd's non-involvement, Envy and Ramona are left to grapple with the unfolding events. The plot thickens further as Matthew, now the studio's new owner, intervenes by shutting down production. During a revelation to Ramona, Matthew discloses that Gordon is romantically involved with Julie. Gordon forges a connection with Lucas, who finds himself without a job. That I was, <laughs> I was cracking up. But Lucas and and Goose, <laughs> as be best friends, Lee and Goose, they build a freaking skate park in Ramona's house. I mean, in uh, Kim's house, not Kim, uh, Julie's house. So many girls. Julie's house, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Julie's yeah. house. They're rocking T-shirts. They're playing video games. They're watching seemingly Korean drama. They they're paintballing in the house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think they're yeah, watching Korean dramas together. Yeah, yeah. It's really, really fun stuff. All, all in a span of ninety minutes. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, like I said, sometimes they want to think oh, us bros are all super aggro. You get us into some rooms, you throw some comic books in the middle of the ground, you'll get some fast friends real quick. Watch. That's it, man. <laughs> That's how it happens. Um, so, meanwhile, Ramona confronts Julie, seeking answers about Gideon's potential involvement in plots against Scott. To her surprise, Julie explains that Gordon has been battling severe depression, making any malicious intentions highly unlikely. As they return to Julie's house, a robot that has been trailing Ramona makes a sudden appearance. Were you completely off of the Gideon's not going to be the one train? Did you ever re-suspect Mr. Goose? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I, I was like, nah, this dude is around for a reason. You know, he's, 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 he's never going to not rear his ugly head again yeah but i, I again like it, it is fun seeing this person get fleshed out you know um i even even hearing julie explain his 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 origin that you know he was just uh what do they call him uh fearless he was fearless. oh he had all the fearless shirts yeah no fear the no fear shirts oh my and talk about like callbacks again to that era of fashion right remember everybody yeah. wore those damn no fear shirts. lucas is wearing one in the scene he's wearing yes. the no fear shirt yes. right next to him yes. it's so funny yes it's so funny so the, no it's 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 a lot of fun to see and then to see how you know how he did become a villain you know this guy this they call them fearless because he was actually scared of everything and then he just embraced it and when he seems mm -hmm. like he's at the pinnacle of his fearlessness and he goes and asks the the hottest girl in school and she just shuts him down and laughs in his face and he just yeah. that just keep that keeps the that aggro train running of okay now i'm going to become the most evil person on the planet this uh this this horrible uh boyfriend of a person Who's gonna yeah. end up running a conglomerate? You know this classic evil, evil corporation with, with, with uh, my own like evil villain logo and stuff, right? Like, exactly. Three, three, the, the three G's, the three G's. Yeah. You know, so you know you kind of look back on it like, oh man, I kind of, I, I kind of see why you're a dirt bag, you know. And look, you're you're still a person though, even though for me, I I never, I never fell for it. I was like, nah, this this son of a bitch. <laughs> wait, wait you for know? the other shoe to drop. Especially, I mean, I mean, you're. you're just you're you're attracted to Julie Powers, who's nuts. 
Yeah, it's nuts. Bit of a potty it's mouth crazy. on that one. It's quite funny that she's no, the only one that gets. It's the not curse. even the potty mouth. I mean, the potty. <laughs> is, it's, it, you can tell it's 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 the person inside. Like, oh my, you know. And yeah, she even says it. She's she's like, she's... she was attracted. She was attracted to his ambition, to, right. to his evil ambition, to what he wants to do. So, what does oh, that say? Oh yeah, about once her? he got limp wristed, that's when she got. She was. Just, she was like, oh, I'm tired of this guy. Yeah, um, I think that that's a, also a little bit of a commentary there as well, right? It's like uh, um, Gideon used spite to get to the heights that he did, and spite um, is a is a powerful motivator. <laughs> it can fuel it can fuel some rockets and send them to the moon if you have enough of them. But this sadness is deeper than the spite, right? Because with the spite, he was able to become Gideon Graves. This sadness seems to be overwhelming in a way that the anger wasn't. And it's it's stifled the man. Um, and I just love Leah again. Judy's like, I don't come on. He's like nothing. He's like a, a wet rag. He does he can't he doesn't do anything. He's like, I think I think uh Goose is, is up to no good. She's like, he doesn't do anything. Look at him. He's like, he can't do anything. <laughs> nothing. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty good. Um, boom, boom, boom. Uh, in another part of the unfolding drama, Stephen and Knives inadvertently give Matthew the idea to transform Scott Program's precious little life into a play with Matthew cast as Scott himself. What did you think of Knives and Stephen and their like jamming sessions? Oh, I, I dug it because you talk uh, two underserved characters, right? In in the, yeah. in the comic, Stephen Stills is just this anxiety ridden um low self-esteem having <laughs> right he just has low he doubts himself and i love the fact that knives is not just the jealous young kid ex-girlfriend she's she i love the fact that she just picks up uh what is it? she picks a base in like yeah. a matter of hours yeah and then uh, like a day later it's like oh now you're playing the piano too like how long have you been doing oh, a few hours and she's yeah, just a yeah. master at it you know what i mean because i don't think anyone didn't love knives you know, she's this cutesy little girl. She's seven, not, not a little girl. She's 17 years old and she's got this great personality. And m- most people look at her and go, man, you're, you're going to, you're going to make somebody really happy one day. And what's happening to you in this story? You're, you're the ex-girlfriend who's, who, uh, who's understandably becoming very angry in the source material. She goes through a lot. You yeah. know, she, she starts dating this guy. He immediately kind of throws it to the side. She goes through her old little emo phase. She gets punched in the face by a cyborg. She has several yeah. fights for Ramona in public that I'm pretty sure she like loses. It's she goes through this whole thing. So now seeing her be this eloquent artist of a person who's being appreciated by Steven, as like, wow, look, you're this, you're like my muse now, and we're creating wonderful music, and we're we we've made an entire musical now that is is getting picked up. It, mm-hmm. it, it was a lot, a lot of fun to see. It was a lot of, a lot of great things to see from those characters. Yeah. So Ellen Wong plays knives. Oh, knives. And nice chow. Nice chow. Um, like you said, I think I don't, I, I don't want to say she was underserved in the in the film or the books because I felt like she served the purpose that she was intended to when those were made. Um, but when I think of the Knife Child arc, I always sadly think of the um, Blue Bangs moment, right? I think of the the Ramona Light when she goes out of her way to try to do her hair like Ramona in an attempt to get Scott to notice her. 
And I love that she seemingly came out of her own shadow in this, where she gets to be a competent savant of music um, and and gets to have the fun of, of having a creative partnership with Steven. Did they ever allude to those two being a couple couple? Steven and Knives? I felt like by the end of the series, it was you kind of like get a feel that it, it must be. Okay. But I don't think yeah. I don't think they ever blatantly say it because I think Steven is older than Scott. So oh, so that would even be even a bigger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But one thing I missed though by the source material is the fact that th the story goes over the course of like a year or two because mm -hmm. you actually go through the seasons in in the books. Whereas Whereas in the movie and now even in this, it feels like this whole thing is happening in like a week. Oh yeah, it's it is going Just, super super fast. You know, and I always wonder like why why they why they change that. You know, hmm. because in, yeah. in the in the books, if you remember, like he's with Ramona for a good amount of time, and it does show that okay, now we're in the summer, now we're in the fall. You know, and they're showing that they're just together, and then the exes are kind of coming around as time goes on. It's not like they're they're sitting there going, "Oh, you're Monday, he's Tuesday, <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. Thursday." You know, it's it's taking time. There's 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 a buildup to this. I also I think it's quite interesting. I also think it's quite interesting that the idea is that everyone believes Scott is dead. They've actively went to this man's funeral. Ramona right. is on her one woman mission to find out where he is because she doesn't believe that he's dead but none of his friends nor his family give a damn <laughs> they're all they've all moved on and like you said it's been about a week it's only been about a week so like knives and steven are here you know we got to do the new you know new band coming up with new songs bread makes you fat i love that that's one of their songs yeah right that's one of the things that scott says you know offhandedly um uh so yeah I, I I I like that again that she stepped out of the shadow of being Ramona Light, you know she wasn't trying to be Ramona anymore because there was no reason to be Ramona anymore because Scott's gone. But uh, yeah, I like that she was given more to do here. Uh, but boom, so dun dun dun. The narrative takes an unexpected turn when Ramona deduces that the Kata Yanagi twins. The evil exes designed the vegan robot to create the portal. Sex bomb um, adds to the revelation, informing Ramona that Neil didn't write the screenplay. Surprisingly, the file information indicates it was authored 14 years in the future. Bum, what? Bum, bum. Yeah, apparently, what was it? So the, in case you guys don't know, because I, I, I didn't know this prior to the film. The only thing stronger than a vegan human is a vegan robot. That's what those you lines. You didn't know that? I learned I that in my physics that. class when I was a high school was, man. Come on. I was trying to do the math. Like she left the blank open. Like she left enough space for me to try to do my own math. And I was like, I did not come up with vegan robot because I didn't think that robots can be vegan. But I guess, I guess by pure existence, they are. They just live vegan. Well, no. Right? I, every every robot I've ever dealt with was flesh eating, which was a pain in the ass. Oh, okay. So this one's very particular. Yeah. Yeah. So sense. the fact that they had made a vegan model, I'm like, damn it, how they do it. Bro, now you've now put some fan fiction in my head where they are they have made sentinels that are powered by mutants. Ooh. <laughs> That's uh, a rough shit. 
the Krokoan era makes more sense now. Yeah, like, hey, bro. Uh, we can keep feeding them corpses and just keep making uh, more. That's terrible. There we go. Mm. Mar- you want another Cyclops or you want a Professor <laughs> X? What do you want? What do you want? <laughs> Ridiculous. Um. So, yep. Stephen and Knives inadvertently up oh, did that, did that. Boom, boom, boom. 14 years in the future. The climax approaches as Scott unexpectedly shows up at Ramona's doorstep, validating her theory, but claiming responsibility for orchestrating the entire scenario himself. So she knew that he was alive. Boom, here he is alive. But when asked who did it, he says it was me. Now, to be honest, I thought he was going to say it was you. <laughs> I don't know how, but I thought he was going to say it was you. Because that's like a tropey thing, right? I can't right. find it. I've been looking all this time. Who did it? You didn't know it was you, but no, it was like it was me. Um, and yeah, the last two episodes I would kind of put together, um, because it's the revelation of what the actual events are that transpired, and then kind of the climax of those events. So we get the events of the first episode from Scott's perspective. In the middle of the intense battle with Matthew, Scott experiences a startling twist when his future self intervenes and pulls him into the future. In this unexpected journey, future Scott discloses that post-league victory, he and Ramona got married, but they eventually got divorced. Forming a band with the Katayanagi twins, they orchestrated the robot's actions to transport Scott into the future. Uh, driven by a desire to erase past pain, old Scott insists on not taking him back until he relinquishes his attachment to Ramona. While old Scott observes Ramona's determined efforts to save him throughout through the robot, he encounters old Ramona. She unveils the surprising revelation that she took a memoir written by old Neil, adapted it into a screenplay, traveled back in time, planted it on his computer. Touched by Ramona's intricate plan, both old Scott and old Ramona decide to return to the past. Um, after explaining seems, seems this, con- yeah, right. After explaining this convoluted scenario, Scott extends apologies to Knives and attempts to kiss Ramona, only to discover a force field blocking their lips. That was quite funny. Um, suspecting the league's involvement, they decide to investigate further, heading to Matthew's play, Scott Pilgrim's Precious Little Musical. What do you think of old Scott? The uh, voiced by Will Forte of McGruber fame. Um, oh shoot! I yeah. saw him in the credits, and I was like, "What voice did he do?" Yeah, he was he old didn't, Scott. Didn't bother to look it up. He did old Scott. Honestly, I felt like this is where the series just got like. It was already a deeper series, and then they said, let's go deeper. The idea of yeah. being able to go into the future, and I, you, you're talking to someone that hates. I hate time travel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but here, where he gets to see his future self and see the, the, the end of his story, so to speak, or the story that he thought that, that he would get. Because, like you said, when you revisit the the original books and you reread them now as an older person, you, you realize, okay, where would this relationship go? I mean, yeah. Brian Lee, speaking of Brian Lee O'Malley growing, he grew even as he wrote the series. He even said that the whole reason he ended up with Ramona in the series, because he it literally up until book six, no one knew. Everyone was like, is he going to go to knives? Is he going to end up with a Ramona? Are, are both of them going to realize, Hey man, you're an idiot. I should, we shouldn't be with you. Yeah. Um, he chose because his marriage was working out. So he was like, oh, I'm going to have him stay with Ramona. 
But now when you get a little older, you look back on things, you realize kind of like how you said, like, man, you look at it, you read it now, you're like, Scott's kind of an idiot, a bit of a tool, you know, doesn't mm -hmm. really deserve this. And so now you fast forward to the future of of the story that we 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 know, and you're like, yeah, go figure their their romance doesn't work out based off of what they went through. So seeing that and learning that, okay. How could you learn from this? What do you do? You know this impending future. So the present one is like, okay, we can fix this. I know this now. He's looking at it like, nah, man, I'll, I don't want you to fix it. I want you to make it so that it never happened. Right? right. And who hasn't gone through that? Who hasn't gone through a terrible breakup and then said to themselves, man, I just, I just, I don't, I want this pain erased. Eternal spotlight, it. man. They got a whole movie about that. There it yeah. is. So, I mean, why not? Right. He's sitting there going, this is the only way to fix this. You know, my life sucks right now. I live in this this personal apocalyptic future because that's one thing I I felt like when when you find him, you're supposed to feel like it's a post apocalyptic. No, I do think. So. Yeah, yeah. hundred percent. He looks. But everything else, if you want, re I rewatched it already. Like those three episodes, the last three episodes, I think I watched like two or three times already. And you like there's nothing really post apocalyptic about it. It's his life that's apocalyptic. He lives a very solid, solid life by himself and with, literally you know? with robots, right? Uh, yeah, I like that one. His door looks like a, a Game Boy turned okay, to the okay, side. Uh, no, no. Yeah, it's not, <laughs> did you see? Did you see? Did you catch the password? Did you catch what the password was? It was the Contra code, right? No, oh, was that it was the it was, it was the Shoryuken, the, the Dragon Uppercut. <laughs> awesome, awesome stuff. Awesome, <laughs> which stuff. I love. That I was like, oh, that's awesome. That's a cool little Easter egg. I that, love that know. he had to press both to get the diagonal. <laughs> Yes. It's a deep end, so you have to press both. Kids nowadays with their analog sticks, they'll <laughs> never know our pain. I actually no, showed like my you said, son. I, I showed my son a Super Nintendo control. I showed my son a Super Nintendo controller one time. He was like, "How do you? How do you do this?" I'm like, <laughs> "Spoiled child." I gotta do everything with three buttons. Yeah. Yes. Everything. <laughs> have, fun. have fun. Figure it out. Yeah. That's why I love whenever that stuff gets like booted onto uh like a like a next gen kind of console it's like 10 buttons do the same thing because we only needed three back in the day so now all your triggers <laughs> how do you or, jump or you, can, know, or, you can, or you can program them to do two button things like oh what instead of having to try to mash those two buttons at once i can just go, all right look yeah i'm telling Crazy. you but yeah um it's made quite obvious that this is not a life anyone really wants to live it, none of this stuff is uh attractive to old scott and you said it again, like, even though I saw this, you put it perfectly. This is exactly what would happen if Scott and Ramona got together because Scott would still be emotionally immature. We find out that their big separation, you know, spoilers, was kind of a miscommunication. And <laughs> I just need I just needed some space. I gave you that space for 10 years. <laughs> right, right. And it, it, that miscommunication just speaks to how not paying attention, you know, or not on the same wavelength they were emotionally, which was something I felt like everyone felt when you watched that thing. She's someone to be won, and congratulations, he won her, you know. But now what? We got to do things now. This is not the – that wasn't the hard part. The hard part of the happy days, like the regular days, where you got to, you know – learn each other love each other and and be together throughout everything so i thought that that was uh very very well done but um didn't they even i think they even had a deleted scene in the film where he picked knives i gotta double I check 
I but think, I think they I think even played, right. played around with that idea there mm-hmm. too. I love this arc for Scott as opposed to like literally fighting the manifestation of negative Scott who ultimately gets along with him, which tells you more about our Scott yeah. than, than anything else. You know, like this, he should be confronting himself in this fashion, you know, confronting all the, the wrong that he ends up being because he didn't fix it early. Um, really, really good stuff. Let's get into this final act. So as the perplexing force field persists, during the play, Scott and Ramona deduce. Oh, I love that they keep trying it. <laughs> I love that they keep trying to kiss, yeah. and they keep getting knocked back. <laughs> yep. And I love so the they, fact that while that's happening, uh, Knives is loving it. She's laughing in the background, like, "Yes, oh, this is hilarious. Head. This is what yeah. you deserve." Yeah. Was it her or the sister that was like, "Thank you for dying" or something like that? He's <laughs> like, "I'm happy you're back, but I'm also happy that you die." <laughs> I can't remember. Who, I think it was I Knives. Who says that? I was think it, it was Knives. Knives. Like, and, and she, he does apologize to her. You know, he straight up tells her, "Yeah, I shouldn't have done that." You know, um. So that's good. Uh. So in the midst of the theatrical performance, an unhinged, even older Scott materializes, teleporting Scott and his friends, Ramona and the League, to a different realm. He reveals himself as the creator of the force field and, driven by Scott's refusal to give up on Ramona, declares him declares his intent to kill them all. And I loved it because he's like, of course this has to be the end. S- me, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. And I was like, yeah, they did it. <laughs> I was like, it they is. did it. Yeah. There it is. He, it's, a, it's, it's, the his, it's, it's his inevitable story. It's his inevitable story. And it, it's... So again, so meta. Because when you're 20, maybe you do feel like you're fighting in the entire world by fighting some evil exes, you know. But right now, quite literally, he is fighting his entire world himself and the love of his life, <laughs> right there in front of him. Um, really, really well done. So, um, boom, boom. A fierce battle ensues, but everyone is sent back except for Scott and Ramona. The confrontation takes an unexpected turn when an older version of Ramona interrupts the fight. I love that. I was like, oh. She discloses that she still loves Scott when they separated, but is appalled by his current state. Because all he did was train, right? Like for 10 years, all he did was train. There's a right. shot of him with um with uh, acupuncture because he's getting all yep. zen or whatever. He's, he's doing all everything. He did. He's, learning all, this... he's learning all his he's, – he's like studying his own moves. Right. You know? And he's also like studying the 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 exes also. Like you see him eating broccoli for for veganism. He's studying skateboarding. He's doing all he's doing all these things so he can just be like he knows exactly how to defeat everyone and is absorbing all their styles, you know, which is the classic (sighs) villain trope. He became an evil ex. There it is. Wow, Scott. See? This is what happens, bro. You can't, what do they say about you weren't supposed to join them? You were the chosen one. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Or you stare long you stare long enough into the the abyss, the abyss stares back. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's that's again super meta, but it serves the story so perfectly. Um so determined to face her true feelings, Ramona embraces her older self, transforming into Super Ramona, which I believe they attributed to they, Super Sonic. They make a Sonic reference, yeah. Yeah, Super Sonic. But one of them says it's from Sonic 2. The other one says it's from Sonic, Sonic 3. No, Sonic 3. Sonic 3. I think it's Sonic 2. I think you can lock a code in Sonic 2. I, am, I, am, I, I am think Sonic a, 3 is probably like Sonic, playable. But Sonic, Sonic 2. I, person. No? 
Sonic no, two. I played, I I played Sonic say. one and two. I played the first two, and that was like it. People are gonna make or break whether or not they continue to listen to this podcast, whether or not I'm right about this. But I, these I'm guys almost know certain. about Sonic. Oh! I'm almost certain. I'm almost certain. Uh, Super Sonic was someone you could unlock doing various things in Sonic Two, and maybe he becomes just an outright character in Sonic Three. Sonic Three is Sonic and Knuckles. Sonic Two, Sonic and Tails. Um, and I know that because at the end of Sonic Two, you fight Mecha Sonic, and uh, yeah, you have to be Super Sonic to beat him, if I can remember correctly. But I, I just love again Shonen Jump, you know, anime, manga, all this stuff. She's just sitting there glowing, this <laughs> godlike Ramona. Mm-hmm. Uh, which which was which was so deep in itself because she had to learn to accept herself because I, I believe what um old Scott calls her out he calls her out he says look you, you t- you're talking about all my issues but what about you you always walk away from the things you love you know yeah. every you know she she Matthew Patel she leaves him for Lucas Lee and then she leaves right. Lucas Lee for um it would be the Todd, girl for Todd for Todd oh Todd's three After after, after uh, top three, and then and then he then he she meets the girl and she just walks out on her one day. She leaves the twins because the twins are too busy for each other themselves. at one point, and then <laughs> leaves yeah. them both. Yeah. yeah, leaves them both. You know, and then she like somehow escapes from Gideon Graves. So, it, and then it becomes okay. You, you know, a lot, a lot, what a lot of people say. Usually, I, I'm going to work on myself. I'm going to work on myself. That's yeah. what Ramona realized here. Like, I got to work on myself. I have to accept myself. I have to understand who I am before I can ever facilitate someone else in a relationship and yeah. that was what i think that scene was of her just you know coming to grips of looking herself in the in the face and going i love you regardless hugging it out and turning into this you know phoenix version of herself yeah i kind of dug it i kind of dug it way big departure from the trophy manic manic exactly. pixie dream girl like you get a you get a you get a, a taste of this in the source material where like she's like trapped in her own head but, mm-hmm. but that's more a product of, of because of Gideon Graves. So it's right. not it's 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 you're looking at it like oh she's this abuse victim, it not mm-hmm. not so much it's it is herself. It's she's she's like this because of other people. Whereas right. now it's being depicted like no man, there, there's maybe there's something to you about this. Like you know, I mean those people who are afraid to be loved. You know the idea like oh man, once I have it, I I'm gonna fulfill the self-fulfilling prophecy because i can't possibly be loved so i'm going to move on to the next thing and then you get that next thing and you're like oh now i'm going to move on to this i'm going to move on to this so maybe it's that maybe it's that about her and and not to say that numbers matter but i don't think seven failed relationships happen by accident right there's some underlying issue there not saying the underlying issue is her but it could be how she's handling things, like you said. Maybe she is just skating away from them, and quite literally, that's how I think of her: skating in the, skating in places right where no one else could see her, where no one else could right. bother her, away from the world. She can run away, uh, but not in this instance. This powerful fusion dispatches older Scott to the future and successfully shares a kiss with Scott, bringing them back to the play. Returning to the stage, Gordon and Julie's attempt to bomb the stage is foiled because. Like I said, he's still, he, he <laughs> she's putting a, pa- a battery in his back. <laughs> Julie, Julie's putting a battery in old Gideon's back. I don't know how I feel about that, but I guess they're both happy together. She motivates him. That's his queen. <laughs> I guess now. Such a, um, but such a weird couple, man. It's so weird. Um, yeah, he goes to go bomb the stage, but it ends up being foiled. Matthew decides to return his properties, weary of the stress they cause. Um, 
the aftermath sees various characters finding new paths. Matthew Patel pursuing a career as a stage actor, Lucas becoming a barista alongside Scott's sister, Roxy assisting Todd in maintaining his vegan powers, the Katayanagi twins continuing their work in robotics, Wallace discovers love in Paris after a vacation with his film money, Knives joins Sex Bomb as a, as a keyboardist, an occasional collaboration Sorry, with occasional collaborations from Envy and Ramona continues her role as a stunt double. However, in a mid credit scene, Gordon and Julie are seen seemingly prodding against Scott and Ramona, hinting at a potential future development. Would you see a season two of this? Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to see how these these people all get together to now face off against the new power couple of Gideon Graves and Julie Powers. Worst double Definitely. date ever, bro. That is the worst this is the worst double date ever. <laughs> Julie Powers, Scott Pilgrim, Rowan Flowers and uh old Gideon Graves. You think he'll go back to Graves at all? Or is uh, she going to stay the goose? I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, I no, he's going to go back to Gideon Graves. I mean, he's back he's back in the Gideon Graves outfit. And I mean, the dude was gonna blow up the whole place. Yeah, you see how yep. much explosives he had there. He that was, was a lot. Kill yeah, and she was down. Man. And she was down with all she of it. She was just with it. She was looking around like, "Yep, I'm tired of making everybody's lattes in this place kill everybody." <laughs> she was gonna. She, it was. It was straight out of uh, Inglorious Bastards. Like just straight yeah, out. Yeah, like, yeah. Let's kill every. Let's kill everybody in this place. Deuces. I'm done with this, and I'm so turned on by it too. Like, oh my god, you're a psychopath. Yeah. There's a lot of that there too, yeah. But yeah, even Matthew gets a bit of a happy ending. The other, the other exes get a bit of a happy ending. I guess yeah. So Todd and Roxy are doing vegan stuff. So I guess Todd does get a semi happy ending. He goes back to his broccoli, if you will. Um, yeah, like I'm down with anything in this universe, given the creative team. If you keep Brian Lee O'Malley on this stuff, he seems to have a good. Yes hand of quality control when it comes to these projects and when it comes to all this stuff that they're doing here um so yeah i, I really really dug this series i like i said again i think it leaves everyone in, else in a much better place uh than they were before ramona has agency she gets to make choices as opposed to being pulled in quite literally seven different directions <laughs> um scott like when he's on screen he gets to make choices I felt like in the film he was a bit wishy-washy, like, oh, well, why does this all keep happening to me? And it's like, bro, you're doing this. You're doing a lot of this. Right. Right. <laughs> it's not all just falling into your lap because life's unfair. A lot of this is stuff you're not, is messes that you're not cleaning up. And now the world kind of has to deal with them. And I think that that's true in real life. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I think this is not only a brilliant continuation of things, but like the more I think about it, almost necessary you know um uh, uh just to flesh out the full emotional maturity of the arc i would if you have the time people i would check out all of it the graphic novels the film and then i go ahead and i check this out obviously if you've been listening to all, all this time I'm, I'm hoping that that's what <laughs> you guys have already seen it but if not yeah man check it out uh scott pogram takes off a tremendous entry uh, in the overall Scott Pilgrim universe, but that's really all I've got to say about uh, Scott Pilgrim takes off. Do you got anything you want to get off your chest about the series before we close up? Yeah, I would definitely highly recommend it. I mean, watch it, watch it more than once. It has so many layers to it, 
And I would definitely recommend re revisiting the source material. I mean, I did it very quickly to get ready for this podcast. And in getting going through it quickly, it made me go, wow, there was so many things I've, I've forgotten and so many things I'd like to go back and compare and contrast between the two because there were, there were so many differences that I'd completely forgotten. Like talk about you feel like the 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 twins don't get serviced in the movies. They barely get serviced in, also in in the um in the source material. The robot even speakers, in the big old speakers. So, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. in the movie, they're just big old speakers. They get a little bit more than that that in in the books, but not. It doesn't feel like they get nearly that much play that like Todd and Roxy and, and get. I mean, they're yeah. I mean, they barely get more than Matthew Patel, and considering it's two characters. That mm -hmm. you you feel like the 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 difficulty level is raising, and now you're facing twins who have this killer robot with them. It it doesn't feel that way once you get to them. It feels more yeah, because like they kind of they kind of yada yada, right? Like they they're like it could be the twins. Oh, it's not. Like that's that's right. just what it right right right. It, like, it has to be the twins. Who else could it possibly be? Nope. Yeah, and and when you think about like everyone kind of finding love or sort of finding um acceptance, the twins never get an apology from Ramona. Not that I remember, they never get their moment of closure with Ramona. Yeah, well, they. I think they, the robot they works quickly, for oh no, Scott. No, well, no, 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 no. Well, I think what happens is like the they explain the situations to the robot, and then like they get more intrigued with the science behind yeah. everything, so they just don't care. Yeah, they dip you know? out. They end up joining a band with Scott, old Scott, at the end. They all have a band together. So yeah, tremendous, tremendous adaptation. You guys check it out when you guys get a chance. Um, it's been an absolute delight to talk about it, especially on today of all days. Uh, a, a love filled date, but this series is all about all kinds of love, whether it's romantic love, platonic love, but most importantly, self love, self love, and a lot of self love means being vulnerable, me being honest. Um, and kind of letting it all lay bare because only when we live in our truth can we truly live so i think this has a lot of great messages it's still hilarious um it's still, you know it's still really really funny the the visuals are still dynamite so yeah check out this when you guys get a chance i'm i'm gushing about this series <laughs> because the next thing on the major issues podcast is madam webb and I do not know. I'm talking to you guys from the past. All right. I don't know how I'm going to like this film. <laughs> I'm going to go see it for you guys because I love you guys. Think of that as your Valentine's Day present. And we'll be here to talk about uh, that film next week. But you can check out every episode of the Major Issues Podcast. As a matter of fact, here's a treat. Go back five years ago and listen to us cover Scott Pogan versus the world and see what five years younger me thought about that film and then come back and compare it to this and you can do so by going to comicbookclick.com comicbookclick.com is the one-stop shop for everything comic book click our merchandise articles written by us but it's the primary home for every episode of the major issues podcast that's over 310 episodes over 600 hours of content serving on the site comicbookclick.com so go over there we do this free of charge but if you guys like to help us out financially 
you can consider doing so and you can do all that at comicbookclick.com if you go to comicbookclick.com you can hit that shop cbc link and it'll take you to our t public store where merchandise designed by me is available if you purchase any of that stuff not only do you get to take home a one and a one of a kind piece of merchandise but we get a kickback we get some smeckles thrown our way and it helps us keep the lights on here but if you just want to give us money straight up, we'll, we'll take it. If you, what you got to do is go to patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse, or if you go to comicbookclick.com, hit that support uh, CBC link, and it will take you all the way to our Patreon, where for as little as 10 cents a day, $3 a month, um, you guys can help us keep our lights on here as we continue to try to afford the hardware and the software that we need to keep providing you guys uh, content free of charge we just used to just have the podcast but now we have the podcast and major previews i'm loving the success of both i'm loving how you guys are reaching out for both so continue to support us here we are growing we've got some like this year i have a really big feeling about things to come this year i'm really really excited about stuff uh, we've had sponsors reach out we've had um, collaborations reach out we're going to be having some real deep conversations about things going on comic book click quite soon and but i'm excited for it it's all about growth it's all about getting better it's all about being better uh so yeah get on the bandwagon before the bandwagon gets full and join us in our various conversations at facebook.com slash comic book click instagram Instagram at comic book click or you can use the hashtag comic book click to talk about the newest hot and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media I'm at major issue CBC on Twitter we're also at major issue CBC on Twitch I just haven't played anything in a while but I might be getting back to that soon um yeah follow us subscribe tell a friend to tell a friend about the podcast and rate us five stars not only when you rate on when you rate and review us on iTunes, you give us a nice little written review. Not only do we grow as podcasters by finding out what you like and what you don't about the podcast, but you end up putting us on the radar of other fans looking for our kind of content. So go ahead and help a friend by sharing the word of mouth about the major issues podcast. Because I've been to the future where we do become the latest and greatest thing to come to complex comic book media, but I can't tell you how we do it because if I do, then it'll be the rock against Roman Reigns at WrestleMania and nobody wants that. So make sure that you get on the bandwagon before the bandwagon gets full and we don't have to deal with any of that. But I think that's all I've got in the source of plugs. I'm thinking through. No one's told you today, people. We love you. We love you here. We love the fact that you guys reach out. We love the fact that you guys comment, like, share, and subscribe. We love the fact that you guys listen to the podcast and give us uh, good reviews. I think we're I think we're either high fours or maybe even five as on the Apple iTunes chart. So thank you guys so much. We'll keep pumping them out. We'll keep bringing the energy. We'll keep bringing the love. But you guys got to make sure that you're here each and every week for the Major Issues Podcast. But my name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. And I'm Alex Garcia. Be roke, but here for the whole year, baby. Gang, gang. And this has been our recap and review of Scott Pilgrim Takes Off. And remember, whether you're too busy loving others, whether you're too busy loving yourself, whether you have seven evil exes, or sometimes you just got to look in the mirror and give yourself a good old hug. Remember that we are the click. Remember that we love you. But also remember that you, yes, you are worthy. (laughs) 